are nurses. I wasn't sure. Hey, we are back. Class is beginning and we are talking about peripheral arterial disease, peripheral arterial disease. Lots of important teaching here on tonight. So we, of course, are winning by getting into quick facts for NCLEX. So if you're a reader and you have this book, please read this section. But this video lecture is also going to help you to hone in more onto some important concepts of peripheral arterial disease. So shout out to all my nurses who are watching this. If it's your first time joining us here at Remar Nurse, my name is Regina. Hi there. And I am so happy to be on this journey with you to get your nursing license. And so the first thing that we need to do is recognize this is our subject for tonight, peripheral artery disease. But I want to use the clipboard to just do some foundational things, okay? Some foundational things. Florida in the house. Haiti is in the house as well. Philippines, shout out to the Philippines. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. All right, so peripheral artery disease. You guys know this is a vascular problem, okay? This is a, a vascular problem where essentially you're going to have an issue with inadequate oxygenation and poor circulation, okay? Inadequate oxygenation and poor circulation. So I have here some terms that are um, very important to know the distinction of when we are talking about peripheral artery disease. So do you know the difference between these terms? These terms are intermittent claudication, ischemia, necrosis, and gangrene, okay? So those terms, let's start by, let's just start by talking about intermittent claudication because when you have poor circulation or poor oxygenation to a part of a tissue, you will see that there is some discomfort. There's some discomfort. And that's what this claudication means. It means that there are times when your patient is going to have cramping, uh, pain, difficulty when they are doing what? Because remember, all of these are going to talk about poor oxygenation, inadequate circulation, like right one or the other. So with intermittent claudication, when does the inadequate oxygenation come into play? When do you see this inadequate oxygenation with intermittent claudication? Does anybody know? Eh. <laughs> Hey, Vera, I see your testimonial. Congratulations. I got to put this on the screen. You guys know, pause for the cause. Vera says, hi, Remar. Thank you so much for V2 and Quick Facts. I passed my NCLEX. Amazing. Congratulations. So, so proud of you. Um, so here, oh, another one. I, I, got, I got testimonials. Just wanted to say thank, thanks to the help of Remar V2. I've passed my NCLEX this Friday. Oh my goodness. The first attempt divinely favored me. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for coming. Who's next? You guys are asking the question. Who else is next? This is Winning Wednesday and this is what happens. I'm sorry. This is what happens. We just have congratulations all around for the Remar nurses who passed. Hey, how was the test? How many questions did you pass on? Okay, um, and I see a lot of people saying I'm next, actually. So 
intermittent claudication. This is poor circulation that happens. And I saw somebody put it, but I want us to know and be on the same page because you got it. It happens with activity. Okay. So is this predictable? Absolutely. Okay. Intermittent claudication is going to happen with activity. Now, what's the difference between intermittent claudication and ischemia? When do you see the poor circulation or inadequate oxygenation with ischemia? And this is how I want you to understand it because it will be more meaningful to you if you take on this way of thinking about these terms and you'll be able to see the distinction because right now you probably don't know what's the difference between necrosis and gangrene. Like, what is that? So I want you to think about it this way. Okay, if intermittent claudication is poor circulation with activia, activity, <laughs> intermittent claudication, poor circulation with activity, activity, then ischemia is going to be poor circulation, inadequate oxygenation with what? This is big. Ah, Mimi's following me. You guys are following me with rest, okay? So which one is a problem? When you have that poor circulation at rest, okay? And so this is, right, no activity. Activity, no activity. Activity, no activity. That's really the big difference. That's really the big difference. So here is another question. Which one is gonna be more severe? Which one is gonna be a priority? Intermittent claudication or ischemia? Yeah, it's going to be ischemia because ischemia can lead to what? Necrosis, right? And so if we're talking about poor circulation, inadequate okay, oxygenation, what is necrosis? What is necrosis? What's the relationship to that? I love it when we study our foundations of nursing. I love it when we study the foundations of nursing. Yes. Good job. Good job. Uh-huh. So ischemia is this unfortunate event, uh-huh, which is tissue death. You guys know it. So if we establish that this is tissue death, what's the difference between necrosis and gangrene? What's the difference between necrosis and gangrene? Because I think we, you know, we hear like, I think sometimes we use this interchangeably and it's not, it's, it, it's really not. What's the difference? Mm. I like it. Give me the question marks if you're not sure. Okay, so this is good. This is a learning point. Somebody says the, the dead tissue has to be removed. Uh, sepsis, infection, where the area is infected. Ah, so we're relating gangrene to infection, huh? Okay, um, I don't want us to do that. I don't want us to do that. Gangrene is actually this. It is a subsection of necrosis, right? So it's death due to what? not infection, the other eye, <laughs> it's death due to ischemia. 
Ah, that is gangrene. And so you can have necrosis for many reasons, right? And you guys listed some of them. You can have necrosis because of infection, right? You can have tissue death because of some trauma, something happened, right? Or you can have gangrene, which is tissue death because of a lack of oxygenation or per poor circulation, okay? And so that's what's happening. Because not, not enough oxygen is getting there, the tissue begins to have gangrene, okay? And so those are the differences between these three words. Let's get into our lecture tonight. Thank you for joining me to class. We're talking about peripheral arterial disease. And so in essence, we are having some occlusive, some arteriosclerotic lesions and arteriosclerotic means this hardening uh, of, of the vascular, all right? So you can have a lesion on the vessels and what happens is these events, these this ischemia, this occlusion is going to lead to extremities that are not getting enough oxygen. So that ischemia where you're gonna have poor circulation at rest. One of the biggest manifestations that you will find on your NCLEX about peripheral arterial disease is going to be intermittent claudication. And that is going to be that leg pain, that leg burning, that leg cramping that happens with activity. Now, we, uh, we normally read about it in the calf muscles. However, it can go uh, down to the ankles. It could be in the feet or the toes. Sometimes that intermittent claudication can even go up into the lower back, the buttocks and the thighs, right? And that is because you just have poor circulation with the activity. And you think about it, and this, this makes sense. This is like a common sense thing. If your muscles are just barely getting by because of poor circulation when you're sitting in a chair, when you stand up and go to walk, uh, what happens? The muscles, they demand more oxygen to carry out that activity. And so if the vessels are barely getting you oxygen at rest, then when activity is needed, it's going to be painful. It's going to be painful, right? So what else are you going to notice about the arterial, okay, the arterial vascular diseases? And this is very different from the venous conditions, okay? Peripheral venous disease is not the same as peripheral arterial disease. And so specifically, you need to know that with arterial problems, you will have a loss of hair. You're going to have that shiny, you're going to have that shiny leg that has no hair on it, okay? That, the, whenever I see that, I know that this patient is having some arterial issues. And so you're going to see a loss of hair all the way down the leg. There's no hair on the feet at all. And even for women and men, you would expect to have hairy legs. Okay. You expect to have hairy legs. But if the arteries are not able to support those tissues, then they're not able to do extra things. Hair is an additional benefit to the body, right? Hair is an additional benefit. So if we have to cut the unnecessary actions, hair is going to be one of those. And so you will see that on arterial conditions. Now, uh, dry, scaly skin, 
thickened toenails, elevation of paler. Okay, paler is a term that is significant and it is clinical. You guys should be uh, familiar with that term. Dependent ruber, mottled and cool extremities. If an extremity is not getting circulation, it is going to be cool to the touch. And even with this, decreased or absent leg pulses. Now, let's just critically think. I am saying with peripheral arterial disease, you're going to have decreased pulses. What about peripheral venous disease? Would we also expect decreased pulses with peripheral venous disease? What do you guys say? Is my patient with peripheral venous disease going to have a pulse? Yes or no? I should hear everybody saying, yes, that patient will have a pulse. Why? Because where do pulses come from? Do pulses come from veins or do pulses come from arteries? When we are evaluating a pulse, we are looking for an artery. So if my patient has a venous problem, but the arteries are fine, I'm going to be expecting a pretty strong pulse. But if my patient has an arterial problem, that pulse may or may not be present. Does that make sense? Remember that. And so the risk factors of a peripheral arterial uh, disease process is, is going to be, you know, the common, you know, the common, what do we say? The usual suspects, <laughs> diabetes, hypertension, high cholesterol or hyperlipidemia. Okay, these conditions all cause issues with the vascular, okay, the vascular conditions. Obesity, smoking, increasing age. All right. Now, how about, how about this? Which one of these are going to be non-modifiable? If you're looking at this list, which one of these are going to be non-modifiable, meaning that the patient can't change one of these? And that is the age, age. Yes, yes, I see that. Everything else, our patient should be able to improve upon, should be able to reduce the capacity that this has on the body. Okay? So we have hope for peripheral arterial disease. How would we diagnose it? You know, when you do a content review, you should know the name of what you're studying, the clinical manifestations, how it relates to anatomy in general. Diagnostics is another thing. How do you evaluate peripheral arterial disease? Well, you're gonna do a physical assessment Peripheral arterial disease can be determined by looking at the arteries. So you would do an ankle brachial index. Uh, look that up if you've never heard of it before, but it is essentially where you take a systolic blood pressure in both arms, and then you put that blood pressure cuff on the leg, and you get a blood pressure from the leg, and you compare it to the one that you got from the arm, looking at the systolic pressures to see if they are pretty similar. And if they are not, if your brachial, um, I'm sorry, if your, um, if your leg pulse is lower 
then the arm pulse is systolic wise, then you know you have some issues with your circulation. The blood workup, the blood workup is a renal function. Okay, you're gonna do renal function, see how that's going. And you're gonna do a lipid profile because you do wanna look at your patient's cholesterol levels. And then the renal function, you also wanna look at the, the ability to remove fluid off of the patient's body, right? Because they'll have some circulation and some edema in those legs, okay? Now, imaging studies are pretty standard. You're looking at arteries, so you're looking at doing angiographies, magnetic angiography, all right? You're gonna do the computed tomography, angiography, and the ultrasound as well. The treatments are going to look at a conservative care. The treatments are going to look at endovascular techniques and surgical interventions. Remember, the main issue is arterial sclerosis or if you have some compromise in the vessels. Oh, and let, um, let me say this. We're talking about peripheral artery disease. So what is, what is this main, main artery that is going to be affected? This is also the largest artery that is in the body. Taking it back to anatomy and physiology, what is the artery, the largest artery that would be innervating all of the other arteries. Somebody put it on the screen so I can write it down. You guys got it. You are real nurses. You're real nurses. This is not common knowledge. So if you know this, very good. You paid attention in anatomy physiology. The aorta. The aorta is the largest artery in the body. So whenever we're talking about peripheral artery diseases, we want to ask ourselves, how is that aorta doing in our patient? Yeah, how is that aorta doing? Good job, goodness. So conservative care is gonna be lifestyle modifications, smoking cessation. So if the patient needs to take medication or change their diet, they're going to do that. Angioplasty and or stenting is going to hold that vessel open so that the blood can flow on through Surgical interventions are creating bypasses. So if you do a prosthetic aortic femoral bypass, you would actually be putting in, putting in an artificial Y connection that is going to connect the aorta and the femoral artery so you can have some clear circulation there. Very cool, very, uh, very cool cardiac interventions for our patient's circulation. Pharmacology, you know it, you love it. We are talking general classes here to help our patient with peripheral arterial disease. So you have your antithrombotic therapies, which are antiplatelets, blood thinners, makes sense. We don't want blood clots in these patients. They don't really need them. Lipid lowering therapies are our statin medications, our statin medications. The glycemic control anti-diabetic medications are also going to be important. And then blood pressure control 
medications as well. So pharmacology, very important, always needs to always need to be studied. I actually <laughs> I actually tore my quick facts up. I was studying one quick facts and I was so like I was just wanting to I was just too rough and I pulled out my pharmacology section of the book. So now I got to deal with that. But pharmacology in quick facts, just don't be so rough with it like I was today. But it is there. All four classes you will be able to study with. All right. Now let's talk about the teaching priorities, whether you're RN or PN, teaching clients um, on how to increase their arterial blood flow. And so things that they can do for the artery uh, we, we do want them to try to exercise as much as they can tolerate. Remember, they dangle their legs and that helps to create a, a better blood flow for the patient. We want to, them to monitor closely for arterial insufficiency. These six P's are very similar to the P's that we talked about in orthopedics when we are dealing with compartment syndrome and you have those six P's there when you put a cast on a patient. So you guys remember them. If you want to write them in the comments, that'd be amazing. Paler, what we have, paresthesia, pain, pulselessness, poikilothermia, right? Those are the six Ps that we are going to be looking for. Um, monitoring for arteri art artery reocclusion and venous occlusion. Okay, good, 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 good. Paler, I see it. Pain, paler, all of it. Pulselessness, paresthesia. <laughs> All right. Here's our first question. Let's go, guys. Let's go. Okay. I think I'm warming you up for this one. Here we go. A 34-year-old male client presents swelling, mottled, and cool legs to the emergency department and reports a history of intermittent claudication. He is a former smoker with 18-pack years. He has history of stroke, hypertension, and diabetes. Which of the following risk factors contribute to development of peripheral arterial disease? Now, is it age, gender, hypertension and diabetes, or history of stroke? I'm warming you up here on a Wednesday night. This is Winning Wednesday. We're talking about peripheral arterial diseases. And the questions are going to get harder. So there is only one right answer here. I need you to pick that one right answer. You have a patient, they are presenting with what? Swelling, mottled, and cool legs to the ED, and they have intermittent claudication. So what do we know about the patient? Former smoker, 18-pack years, he has a history of stroke, hypertension, and diabetes, which of the following risk factor factors contribute to the development of PAD? So out of these ones that you are going to see here, what is going to be the best, okay? What's gonna be the best for this patient? And that answer is going to be number, hey, number three. Yes, did you get this one right? The hypertension and the diabetes are going to be the most significant to this patient. All right, let me look at the other choices just so we're clear because I did see some people pick number one. And remember, age is a risk factor for sure. Age is a risk factor. However, how old is this patient? 
This patient, did you miss it? This patient is 34 years young. So in this situation, the reason why this patient has PAD is going to be because of that hypertension, all right, that he has. He has a history of hypertension and then has a history of diabetes. And this is so important, guys, in general in nursing, because what you're going to see when you get out into practice is that there are younger and younger people who are going to need long-term care. Like if you go into a nursing home, tell me, is this true or false? You will see people in a nursing home who are 30 years old and 40 years old, okay? You will see people in a nursing home who are 30 years old and 40 years old. And what is the reason why? It is because they have hypertension. They have uncontrolled diabetes. They are severely obese, okay? And so you're seeing that more and more in a nursing home now, and it's not an age-related condition, all right? It is a condition, especially here in America, um, I don't know about other countries so much, but here in America, it is related to dietary choices, sedentary lifestyle. Like these are modifiable things. These are modifiable things. So it's common. It's common. So we have to be, we know the NCLEX is moving towards real life scenarios. And so we have to be able to catch, catch things like this because this is a very young patient, but can he have, peripheral arterial disease? Absolutely. Especially with these risk factors. So the correct answer is going to be number three. Let's try a different one. Let's try Let's try a different one. Question number two, the nurse is caring for clients reporting pain. Which of the following clients is most likely exhibiting a manifestation of peripheral arterial disease? Number one, a client with painful, enlarged inguinal lymph nodes. Two, a client with painful leg edema with warmth and redness. Three, a client with a non-healing foot ulcer. Or four, a client with repeated leg pain and diminished peripheral pulses. Ah, the reading is on point. And I'm glad to see my regular students are in the house. Thank you. We are looking for peripheral arterial disease. And we were mixed in our answers on question number one. But here on question number two, it looks like we are all saying the same thing. The patient who is most likely experiencing PAD is number for, oh my goodness, yes, a client with repeated leg pain and diminished arterial pulses. Yep, does Professor Regina have a free trial of the NCLEX V2? I sure do, I was in there earlier. Make sure you get in there too. If you don't have V2, you gotta get into it, it's so sweet. So diminished and repeated leg pain and peripheral pulses, this is going to be the most common clinical manifestation of PAD, and it is triggered upon ambulation. 
um, and then relieved by rest. So did you get it? The rest is due to reduced limb perfusion. And so other symptoms include loss of hair on the lower calf, ankle and foot, thickened toenails, elevation of pallor and decreased or absent leg pulses. Pow. Again, you don't have V2. You got to get into it. All right. The free trial starts right now. Go to remartnurse.com and you can do the first section of V2 for free, for free. Really good offer, a really good opportunity for you. Let's go into our other questions now. All right. Next question. Now I'm challenging you guys. I'm turning up the heat because that one was strict but it was straight to the point. Let's get this one, critical thinking, here we go. A patient arrives to the ED. On assessment, the patient's leg is pale, cool to the touch, and no pedal pulses are present. The patient states she also has tingling and numbness in the left leg, which is the highest priority for this patient. Is it number one, elevating the leg to promote venous return and reduce ischemia? Two, starting IV access to administer pain medication. Three, applying a warm compress to improve circulation. Or four, analyzing their neurological status and gathering a pain evaluation. Ooh, what is the best thing to do for your patient? They're at the ED. The patient's leg is pale, it's cool, no pedal pulses are present. And the patient says she has tingling and numbness in the left leg. What do you do? What is the highest priority for the nurse? This is safety. Uh, this is like an NCLEX make or breaker. Share this video right now. We got almost a thousand nurses and I bet you there's more who never have been taught the content like you guys are getting. You guys are getting good content today. You guys are not going to be fooled. You're going to be praying you get a peripheral arterial disease question on NCLEX. The correct answer, I ain't even going to hold you. I ain't even going to hold you because I see mixed answers. It is actually going to be number, ah, number four, analyzing the neurological status and gathering a pain evaluation. We need to assess this patient. OK, we need to assess this patient. And how many times do I say? Assessment, the nursing process, don't you call that doctor? OK, and also don't do things that don't make sense because we got an arterial problem here and we know I don't know why y'all pick this, but, you know, you don't elevate a leg for an arterial problem. You dangle that leg. And I told y'all that tonight. OK. So don't pick elevating a leg again, because a lot of people pick that, okay? So we're gonna do analyzing for the neurological status. You know we gotta do the neurological status. We gotta assess, uh, is it, uh, so we got the numbness and tingling, but also, you know, are you having like pain? What else going on? We gotta get some information. Analyzing and assessing are the same thing on NCLEX. Did you know that? Whew. Put that in your notebook, all right, and write it down. Analyzing and assessing, they're the same thing. They're the same thing. So make sure you don't get distracted by the distractors because that's how they work. So that's going to be the priority here. And this will help to determine, this will help to determine 
the extent of the tissue compromise and it's going to guide your interventions and the doctor is going to ask you how bad is the pain? Are they having pain? It's going to be a whole good assessment if you follow the nursing process. Okay. Two things you always need to follow. Follow me on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, everything. All right. And then follow the nursing process. Okay. Never lose those two things, me or the nursing process. You be good. You be good. So let me try another one with you guys. I told you that one was going to be challenging. That one was going to be challenging, but you got to stick with your first mind and you got to know this content. You got to know this content. Okay. Let's try this one. <clears throat> All right. In the emergency department, four patients have presented with circulation issues. The nurse needs to prioritize care based on the severity of their conditions. Which patient should the nurse see first? Number one, a patient with peripheral artery disease reporting severe pain and numbness in the right foot. There is no pulse present. Two, a patient with diabetes mellitus type two with an infected wound ulcer on the foot. There is pulse, there's pus present. Mm -hmm. Three, a patient with an acute left DVT, the patient reports severe pain and a positive Holman sign. Mm. Four, a patient with a history of chronic peripheral venous disorder who now has cellulitis. Come on in safety and take a seat right now. Thousand nurses, we made it to a thousand nurses, guys. Congratulations, this is the largest NCLEX review on the planet. And, and we are talking about, can you prioritize based on content? That's what this is about, nothing else. Are you able to prioritize patients? And look at these patients, not an airway, breathing problem in the house, not one, not narrow one. And so can you prioritize circulation patients? Because everybody here has a circulation problem. Mm -hmm. So who do you go to first? I love it. I love these classes. We do these every Monday and Wednesday. Tap in. Correct answer is going to be, uh, <laughs> congratulations if you pick number one, the patient with peripheral arterial disease, okay? They are reporting pain and numbness in the right foot. There is no pulse present. Ah, circulation problems. What is the master circulation problem? Okay, um, the master circulation problem, you got to resort back to the fundamentals because this patient, if we don't treat this patient, if we don't go, this person going to go right to here, right to here, okay? Right to here. Patient, what's going on with the patient? Did you get this one right? Ah, <laughs> nice. I got to read this. This is amazing. Thank you, Audrey. I failed three times and nothing worked except for Remar. I'm from Brazil and English is my second language. Welcome. And so glad to hear this testimony. It makes me so happy. All right. So let me go back and let's look at the other patients just for clarity's sake, because it got down to one and three. It got down to one and three. <laughs> and so here it is. Everybody who picked number three, I feel you. I understand because you said 
the patient had this acute. So acute is one of those words. It's like a priority word, right? Acute is a priority word. They had a left leg DVT. That's, that, that's pretty serious, right? And the patient is now reporting severe pain. So one and three both had severe pain. One and three both had severe pain. Pain is really not the priority, okay? It's not the priority. What is the priority? The priority is what is the worst that can happen to the patient, all right? Most people don't die from pain. Pain is subjective. Like, you know, like what I think is pain, you could think, oh, that's nothing. That is nothing. So what we have to look at as is the end result. So number three has an acute left DVT. So if we don't come and the DVT remains, what's going to be the worst thing that can happen to the patient? They're going to continue to have pain, right? They're going to continue to have pain because they have a blood clot there. We already know it's a blood clot, so we don't have to go off into our minds, well, what's causing the pain? It's a blood clot causing the pain. So if a patient has a blood clot in their leg, am I expecting them to have severe pain? I am. I'm expecting them to have severe pain, okay? I'm expecting them to have pain. And that is something that goes along with the process, all right? Now, I see some people saying, but if we never come, that DVT can turn into a what? It can turn into a PE, right? A pulmonary embolism, okay? And what I want to say to you guys who think that is, yes, that is theoretically possible, but we have to deal with the patients who are in front of us. And what did NCLEX tell us? Did the NCLEX tell us this patient had a PE? Did it tell us that the patient had shortness of breath? Is he complaining of can't breathe? No. All we got now is a person with DVT who has severe pain and a positive Holman sign. All those things we are expecting. Okay. Don't go too deep down the rabbit hole. Now that's patient number three. Patient number one has severe pain, peripheral arterial disease, numbness in the right foot, and there is no pulse present. So what can happen if we don't come to this patient? All right, what can happen? If we don't come to this patient and we get caught up in number three's room, Okay, we get caught up with number three. What's happening to the tissues in number one? What's happening to that patient's leg as the minutes go by and the muscles are calling out for oxygen and no oxygen is coming because you in number three's room charting that they got severe pain for a DVT, which causes severe pain. Okay, the tissues are dying. So by the time we get there, the foot, the leg is dead, okay? And it's very hard to bring back dying tissue, very hard. So this circulation issue is going to be the priority. Y'all know what it is, okay? And so this is why we show up to class. Carolyn said, we got to amputate the foot. And man, by the time we get there, the foot just, it got to be amputated. So 
Um, that's going to be number one. This was a pretty straightforward priority question, but you know what? Um, with distractors, when you sprinkle in distractors, it could take you way off course. So that's why we uh, we do these questions. All right. Shout out to Zarina. She says, hi, Regina. I took my NCLEX last September 16th. I just found out I passed it. You just found out. V2 and Quick Facts helps me a lot. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Remar family, for all the motivation. That's you guys. You guys are the Remar family. Okay. Good luck, everyone. Thank you so much. They're taking it. Deanna says, I used V2 and Quick Facts and passed my NCLEX last week, the first try. I am now an RN. Amazing. You are an RN. You are a Remar nurse. I'm still in those letters. All right, I'm just taking them over. Gang, gang style, y'all. All right, last question for tonight. Let's get into it. It is this, whew, let's end off here. The nurse is caring for a client who underwent bypass surgery due to PAD, okay? The nurse knows that the primary goal of the surgery is to, number one, relieve claudication, two, prevent amputation, Three, maintain circulation. Four, stop the infection. Ooh, safe nursing, understanding the assignment. The nurse is caring for a client who underwent bypass surgery due to peripheral arterial disease. The nurse knows that the primary goal of surgery is number one, relieve claudication. Two, prevent amputation. Three, maintain circulation. Four, Stop the spread of infection. And I'm smiling right now. I'm smiling because you guys made me so happy. All of the Remar nurses, over a thousand of you have indeed chosen the right answer. Number three, maintain circulation. Oh, I'm so happy y'all didn't get that one wrong because that would have been huge. The whole reason of the surgery is not, is not just to reduce the symptoms, the claudication. No, we're not worried about that. We want to make sure that the circulation is adequate for that limb. Good job. You guys are safe nurses. I don't care. Y'all are going to pass this test. This NCLEX is not harder or smarter than you. You will. You will learn these principles and you are going to pass this test. You're going to go in there confident. If you got a three out of five, I'm happy. I'm happy because the priority questions today were difficult. The, the challenging circulation questions were difficult. I realized for the last mm, couple study sessions, we've been doing airway, asthma, right? We've been talking about all the airway issues. And so I wanted to bring us to circulation, okay? Still studying. So when you look at, um, I think we said page 35, no, what did we say? 58. Who wrote this book? Where is peripheral artery disease at? So in this book, when you read it now, I think you'll have a very um, clear understanding on 69, on peripheral artery disease right here. So get into the book and let us continue to march on, soldiers, to our goal. You guys are going to be great nurses, excellent, safe nurses. But most of all, you will be able to give back and you will be able to teach others what you have learned. And that is the whole goal. You bring somebody into the field of nursing with you. And then we can all have a big nursing party on, to, on every Monday and Wednesday, every Monday and Wednesday. OK, so you know where to send them. We're doing this every Monday and Wednesday. So I hope you guys enjoy class today. Don't forget, I said this and I don't want you to, to forget if you are not studying content, if you are not studying your content, 
Anybody else want to jump on and tell me they pass in class? Okay. If you are not studying your content, please make sure that you are doing it because it's when we get down into the layers of content that you're able to see the big picture of nursing. You, you cannot, I'm so glad you got that quick facts. You cannot effectively prioritize. Prioritization is, is a high level skill. You cannot prioritize unless you are able to think about multiple disease processes at once, okay? And if you have this as a weak area, the test will find it. That test is going to find your weaknesses. So you need to have a strong base in your content knowledge, okay? And then you will be able to take it all in. You'll be able to take it all in and spit it all out how you need to in a very safe way. So Mondays at noon Eastern time and Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Tammy, I just paused my, my Remar V2 for this live study session. Love the added data. Really love this. God bless you, Regina. Hey, let me show you um, the things that I did add in V2 in case you're wondering, like, what's she talking about added data? I'm going to go inside of the V2, okay? And in the file vault, which is one, two, three down, if you go to your, um, your control panel, in the file vault, go to course resources. And if you click on your course, you can go to, oh, wait, let me go back. I'm sorry, that was too fast. Let me go to course resources. So there are some things that I even added in the quick facts. Uh -huh. So beta blockers, tardive dyskinesia, and um, phenochromatism chromocytoma are in quick facts. I saw somebody say that beta blockers wasn't in the quick facts next gen. And that's true. That's true. So it's here in V2. So you can print it out and read the clinical priorities for this. So that, that may be something new. I don't know if you guys see the quick facts documents that I put in here. Also, um, I wanted to show you, let me go to resources. The new NCLEX resources I put in here after I went to the NCLEX conference. So for example, how the NCLEX is scored, a lot of you have questions about the different question types and how the items are scored, partial credit, things like that. So I put this PowerPoint that they gave us into the V2 as well and you're able to go through it and read it. Particularly what I like is the, the way that the scoring rules are explained. I like that. And I also like the different question types that you see because I know that some reviews are teaching strategies on how to get through the select all that apply. And they're saying like, you know, only pick one, no matter, so no matter what select all question that you get, only pick one that you recognize is right. And that's just not the way to do it. Or they'll say pick all of them because it doesn't matter. And that's not true either. And so I want you guys to know how the test is actually scored because there are select all that apply questions that you don't lose points for if you get it wrong. So you can pick a wrong answer and you won't lose a point. But then there are other select all that apply questions that if you pick the wrong answer, you will lose a point for. So I put all that in V2 if you wanna look over it. I think it's cool if it's a, um, and so that's the, the plus minus scoring here that they talk about. 
Ah, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that is why I want you guys to be as knowledgeable as possible because then you will feel much more com uh, confident. Another thing I have in here are um, how to overcome test-taking anxiety. This is something that's in V2 for you. And the, let me see, it is another document, how to overcome test anxiety. I did a presentation on this, but people were asking me for more notes. So I put that in here. And ah, quick facts for pediatrics. There's a whole book in here that I wrote. It is a quick facts book. And I put it in for everybody in V2 if you want to study it. If you want to study it, you can do that here. And these are the subjects in the book. So it's just like the quick facts that you have for NCLEX, but it is specific to just pediatric conditions. And I really love this book. And I, I just wanted to make it available to you guys. So, so many good things in the V2. I hope you are using this system to its highest potential its highest potential because it is here and it is built for your success. So if you don't even have the trial of V2, get into it, get into it, guys, because there's nothing like it. You're going to love it. And so I just want to say thank you so much for taking your time out. We have over 900 nurses watching Winning Wednesday and the class was phenomenal. So I will say thank you so much. Okay. Thank you so much. Please email me if you have any questions about V2, how to sign up for it, whatever questions you have, okay? Uh, my email is support at remarreview.com. Support at remarreview.com, okay? And so the files that I showed you guys are part of the paid version of V2. So if you're in your trial and you don't see the Quick Facts book or the other resources, you got to upgrade, okay? You got to upgrade into the the um, the next level and you will see all of those things. But I hope to hear from you on tonight. Best of luck to everybody, like everybody who is even contemplating, like who is even contemplating if they can do this, if they can pass the NCLEX. I want to tell you guys, you absolutely can do it. You absolutely can, you can do it. And man, I am... I can't wait to hear your testimonial. I can't wait to receive the video. I see um, people have questions for me. What's the questions you have? All right. Uh, thank you, Regina, for the wonderful sacrifice. Please, how long would the V2 trial last? The V2 trial will last as long as you have an active account. I don't think there's an expiration date on the V2 trial. Okay. Irene says, hey, Regina, I did my NCLEX today and did the trick. I found out that I passed. I used V2 and QuickFacts. Thank you, Remar. Uh, Janie says, good night. I got to go to the anxiety section. Yes, Janie, go to the anxiety, um, download that PDF, and then let me know how you feel about it. Let me know. And everything that is in there is there for you guys. Okay, everything that I showed tonight is in the V2. It's free for you to print out. You don't have to purchase any of those things. I'm an RN. I'm returning to nursing. What do you recommend for me? Love you. Love the ER. How long have you been out? What I recommend for you is first shift. If you don't have first shift, where's my first shift book? Oh, nobody moved it. Looks like it's gone. Oh, here it is. I would recommend this book if you are going into like a clinical environment and you are nervous about going back to, to work or 
you know, wanting to structure, especially in the emergency room, it could get kind of crazy there. So I recommend first shift for you. Okay. Um, my test is on the 11th for the fourth time. Very nervous. Uh, don't be nervous. Be excited. Can you be excited? Can we just change the way we talk about it? Maybe if we can change the way we talk about it, we can um, change our, our attitude towards it. Because honestly, if you've been studying here with me, the questions probably are going to be more difficult than we, did, than we do here. Okay. I hear that. If you've been in V2, you will see that the questions in V2 are more challenging than your actual NCLEX exam. And so go in there expecting, all right, go in there expecting to come out with that license. Okay. This time will be different. All right. Um, is Mark around? Mark is not. I don't think Mark is. A, no, he's not. Actually, I know. I know he's not. So it's just me. It's just me tonight. All right. Um, yes, we do have the testimonials. We do. <laughs> she says, your husband's more excited than you. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, if I had, if I purchased the V2, how can you print the workbook for me? If you want to get the workbook and have me print it and give it to you, you can get it on the website, remarnurse.com or just send me an email. All right. Just send me an email. Oh, let me, you know what? Let me just show you because I'm seeing some people. I wish I had my testimony tonight. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. This is my first time here. I wish I would have found Remar a few months ago. How do I sign up? How do I sign up? Okay. I'm going to show you how to sign up. And I'm also going to show you how to get the printed workbook if you don't have it. Okay. Let's, let me go into, so what I need to do is just open up a new browser. This will be how to, oh, how to order the V2. Okay. So if you go to Remar, um, the website, remarnurse.com. Okay. You go to remarnurse.com. The first thing I'm going to show you is how to, how to just get into V2. Let me, let me do that. All right. Oh no, Regina, how'd you do that? Let me see if I can. There we go. All right. So you can go here and you're going to pick whether you're an RN or a PN. I don't know if you're an RN. I don't know if you're a PN, but I'm just going to pick RN course. And you can click join V2 right here. You can pick join V2. And so there are two options for the V2. You can do a 30 day, one month access, or you could do a 90 day access. The content in them is the same. So you will get the V2 platform. You're going to get quick facts. You're going to get the QBank, the study calendar, the printable workbook. And this is the printable workbook. These are the two books you get with V2. All right. Very important part of the study system. You get quick facts and you're going to get a downloadable workbook that you will print out. It's in your file vault. So this is the study system. These two things. Um, the reason why I incorporate quick facts is because it's just the bomb is there's so much content that you don't have to sit through lectures. All right. You can just you read it and understand it. Writing is such a big part of you retaining the information. When you write things down, you 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 hold on to them like three times more than if you don't write it down. So writing in the workbook is one of the staples of my program. You have to do it. You have to, when you get V2, you have to print out this workbook so that as you're watching the videos, you're taking notes. Okay, very important. 
Don't buy V2 if you're not going to get the workbook because I feel like it's going to take you longer. If you get the workbook and you follow the study calendar, you can do my program in 30 days. No problem. Okay. Um, and so you can do it for 30 days, but some of you, you know, you want to have a longer time in V2. Maybe you want to do it two times or three times. You would do the 90 day program. The So then you would go to buy now. Okay. You go to buy now. Now there is a 50 dollar a month renewal but you can cancel that at any time if you don't want the longer than 30 days you just go in and you cancel the renewal you won't get charged you will still be able to use your your monthly access okay so let me show you this because some of you already have quick facts and you want to know can i get a discount if i already have quick facts absolutely absolutely you can so the next page you will put in your your information details, and then you will come here and you will see you're getting the V2 course plus you are getting the Quick Facts book, okay? Now, if you want me to print out the workbook for you and you, you want me to just send you two books instead of sending you just the one, then this is where you would add this book. And so I would send you this book when I send you the Quick Facts because I have to send you the Quick Facts anyway so if you add this book on, I'll just send you both of these at the same time. If you don't add this on, then you will print this one out. OK, so people ask me all the time, what's the difference between these two? Well, this one that I print out, it has a little bit more of the information filled out. So I wrote like, you know, you don't have to write in so much. And also this one here has the clinical judgment section. So this is a good place to get this. I'll also show you, um, there's another place you can get this too if you already have V2, but you would just add it on. This is $35 for me to print, okay? Now, if you don't need this book, you just take it off. This is also where if you have quick facts already and you don't need it, you can take it off. And so then you would be able to get the bam, bam, bam. All right, you would be able to get the... V2, you would be able to get the V2 for $69 if you already have quick facts, okay? Another thing I wanna show you is how to delay your V2 because you don't have to start it right away. You can purchase it now and then postpone it until, uh, let's see how long you can go. I'm just gonna open up this calendar down here that says click here, all right, to start. And then you don't have to start it today. You can start it in October, November, or even December. All right. So you can start this after Christmas if you want to. <laughs> okay. And so this is the 90 day pause on V2. You can pause it for 90 days. It's totally up to you, but I hope you guys are seeing the steps to purchasing the V2. And so that's how you do it, okay? And then as soon as you um, purchase it, you confirm your email and you will be able to jump right back into the system. Now, another thing I wanna show you just real quick is how to get the workbook. Some of you already have V2 and you say, I need I need the, um, the workbook. So let me just start all over again. If you go to Remart Nurse, I'm having a problem with that, dot com. It'll take you to this page. Go to NCLEX V2. 
for the workbook and then scroll. Wait, 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 wait. No, hold on. Go to, is it our courses? Oh, let me see. We go to our courses. Mm, is it Remar? Physical books. Hold on one second. I got to find where this workbook is. This is live TV. All right. So you go to remarnurse.com. You scroll down, scroll down. Ah, I know what to do. Okay, hold on. This is what you do. So you go to, <laughs> you go to remarnurse.com. You have to select RN or PN. That's what it is. <laughs> okay. All right. So you got to select RN or PN. So if you are PN and you need the workbook, you go to PN. Okay. And then you would scroll down, down, down to the books come. All right. And then the books are going to be underneath V2 right here. Okay. And this is where you would get that book. And this is how you would get this book right here. If you just need the book, does that make sense? So you got to pick your course first and then you scroll down to the bottom and then it'll be here. All right. So that is how you get the V2 workbook, quick facts or first shift. All are great resources for you to have if you're a new nurse. But again, I still have 600 people who are watching on a Wednesday night and that's just amazing. So I, um, I wanna see if there's any more questions. What else, what else? All right, Diana says, I broke down today and you guys just made my night better. I'm so happy that we could do that. Y'all listen, listen Diane some positivity and let her know that she can, she will and she must pass NCLEX. You can do this, you can absolutely do this. Um, that is the benefit of the community. All right. And we will be praying for you. We will be praying for you. And, um, we hope that you have all, 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 all of your goals and your success in nursing. Cause you deserve it. You deserve it. You work hard, you get to play hard. So you guys are working hard. Now the playing hard will come. You just got to be ready. If you're testing this month, you want to be ready. You want to be thinking about what would it be like to have your nursing license during Christmas? What will it be like, you know, to go into 2024 with your nursing license? So have that joy in your heart and don't let anybody uh, take that dream away because you guys can do this. And if nobody told you, guess what? You can, you will, and you must pass in collect. See you guys later. Bye-bye.